On this episode of the Joseph Cortez Show, Sarah Brennan, licensed professional counselor here on Corpus Christi, sticks around for another episode. And this one, we tackle loneliness and uh, how to deal with that during the COVID-19 lockdowns. Also, what is it like to be kind of lonely within your own family? A lot of people are spending more time together, yet is it really quality time? And we talk about how to uh, handle that, how to get alone time in your own family uh, amidst of the lockdowns, and just kind of different dynamics of what people are going through uh, with this just new style of life that we're being forced to live uh, for the next um, few weeks or months or who knows how long. But uh, good, timely episode, some great wisdom from Sarah. Uh, so let's get this one uh, moving forward. As always, if you do like it, please uh, subscribe on whatever platform you're using. Share it with your friends. I think there's a lot of wisdom in this one that people need to hear right now. So it's probably a really, really good one to share. So without further ado, here is Sarah Brennan. Welcome back to another episode of the Joseph Cortez Show. Sarah Brennan stuck around for a a part two with her. We've been discussing on the first episode anxiety amidst the COVID world, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper to that, and then I'll kind of talk about the loneliness, because this is a very much time where people are isolated, where that becomes a bigger issue. It could be really pronounced at this time. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things you mentioned a minute ago about anxiety that uh, we didn't get to touch on was hobbies. Yes, hobbies are huge. Um, You know, even if none of you necessarily have a go-to hobby, even if you're not like, oh, I'm not an artist or I'm not a musician or something like that, um, do something that that can promote relaxation. You know, listening to a favorite, uh, you know, Spotify station or playlist or whatnot can be really therapeutic in and of itself, just to calm your fears or the racing thoughts or whatever might be happening. Yeah, so this is like a time period people say, oh, well, you got all this time to do all the things you wanted to do. Yeah. It's like, okay, we'll make a list of those. I think one of the things too is, uh, Mm -hmm. I was listening to a a Zoom call the other day, which, okay, in itself is the most stressful thing in the world. True. (laughs) Like in the business world, I'm I'm connected with agents across the country and there's probably five Zoom calls a day I could be on. And one of the Zoom calls, the only one I've actually listened to she said, there's an overwhelm of opportunity right now. Yes. And it, that itself is stressful. It's stress-inducing. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that because I have the same thing. And, you know, Facebook knows I'm a therapist, right? <laughs> so I have all of these live webinars that are offered to be free right now, and I'm still trying to get through one. Yeah. 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 So, that, so that's kind of a big point is to pick one thing and try it or yes. pick one thing and do it. Uh-huh. Um, and and not try to overwhelm yourself. Uh, like, okay, I got 17 books I've been trying to read right. or I've been trying to write a book. I'm going to write the whole thing. Well, maybe you start something and, and then give mm-hmm. yourself some grace. Oh, because that's back to grace. Yeah. The hardest person in the world to give grace to is yourself. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Why should we give ourselves a break, right? Why should we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt? I don't know. I don't know what lie we all chose to believe early on. <laughs> I think it's the you're not good enough lie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Give yourself grace. And, and the way I like to phrase it is try it on. Mm-hmm. And, and then that 
that lessens that commitment obligation. Um, while I think that commitment is extremely important, and that's a whole different topic for another another time, um, I think when you're trying on different coping skills, you're, you're that's what you're doing. You're trying it on. Mm, oh yeah. well, you know, does does painting work for me, or does coloring <laughs> coloring this adult coloring book is that relaxing? And if it's not, it's okay. Discard it and do something different. Um, try it on. Yeah, I picked up the paintbrush for the first time in years, and I'm not a painter by any means, so it's not like I re re picked it up. Not like a piano player going sure. back and playing piano. Yeah. But the girls were painting crosses, and I painted it. It's like, oh, it came out pretty decent. So I was like, mm-hmm. and then uh, you guys were you were at the house last night, and and with with uh, with Oakley, and while you guys were, I was like, oh, I'll just go paint. Yes. I didn't want to get into anything new. <laughs> So I picked a paintbrush and playing around, and it's just so fun. It and was, was like it the, relaxing. Yeah, it was the first time I got to focus yeah. on one thing. And yeah. the nice thing I realized about painting itself is that there is almost no real into it, mm. which is also the part that's stressful about it. But wasn't stressful is learning. I'm learning how to edit. Like, why did I? Why did I keep painting where it, I should have accepted that as it was? Ah, and yes. the more I try to change something on the the painting itself. I was like, I realized I messed up my original. Yeah, I was like, okay. So maybe there's parts of my life. I'm like, oh, I just, okay, that's good for now. I I was like, I got to let it dry. That's the one thing. I was like, I did not let the thing dry and settle. I'm like, okay. That's a great example of just kind of letting go. Yeah. And being able to stop for a minute, stop, evaluate. Yeah, and then I did tell Oak, though, as I was going through, because I read kind of the one I was doing last night, that actually looks totally different now. Because I, I messed up, uh-huh. and then I was like, "But for the mistake came more beauty," because mm-hmm. I had to go back over it, and I was like, "So there's mistakes uh, that we make, but there's beauty, some yeah. more depth within it that we gotta allow ourselves to find, sure. versus getting ticked off or something." <laughs> yes, absolutely. And if you can look at it that way, I mean, you just you just gave an example of like you know, there's this why in the road, and you can take that the lane that says, okay, well, what can I create even out of this brokenness or this mistake, right? Versus the other lane that says, oh, you're no good. You just messed up. You may as well throw the whole thing away. Yeah. So so forgiveness is a big part of grace. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Grace is grace. I always look at it as like patience. Yeah. But I think there's a forgiveness element well, to it from, especially from a spiritual standpoint. Sure. And, and even on a lighter note, just accepting imperfection, mm. you know, being able to accept that it doesn't have to be perfect, and imperfect can be beautiful. Yeah, well, because that's all of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, like, I know Ayla, uh, my older daughter, can. Uh, she's gotten better about it, but when she was younger, she wanted perfection in a lot of mm-hmm. things, and she puts a lot of stress on herself. And yeah. I think we've learned to take that from perfection, that she can utilize that, that drive and that stress to get better, yes. realizing there's improvement to make, but not... Be, be okay when it's not 100% perfect. But she still watches herself on video dancing, and she's like, oh, I can do that better, I can do that better. And right. it went from, like, crying to be like, okay, how do I fix that? Good. She's using it yeah. constructively. Not always perfect, yeah. but it's yeah. Uh, she's getting better at it, and we're trying to trying right. to coach her into that. Of, Good. Yeah. You're, 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 you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going your, to kill your motivation if you always expect perfection because it's unattainable. Absolutely, yeah. And if, if you think you can achieve that perfection, then... I feel like it also kind of makes you unteachable. Uh, yeah, I heard, uh, I brought this up twice this week, uh, Neil Tyson DeGrasse said, you know, we're in an age where people have enough information to think 
they know everything, yes. but not enough information to understand they don't know everything. Right. And they have a lot to learn. And, and I say, the, the way I describe that is, um, they know enough to be dangerous. No. You no. know, and, and I feel like that's the case in a lot of, you know, just fields of expertise and things like that. Because we have such unlimited resources at our fingertips, we think we're the doctor or we think oh, we're yeah. the psychologist or we oh, there's think a lot of uh, Facebook COVID experts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, we make ourselves an expert in yeah, everything. Ex- ex- headline experts is what we yeah. live in the world of headlines. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, hobbies are really good, an outlet, right? It's just something to get that anxiety physically out and mm-hmm. mentally out. Absolutely. So that might look like you know doing a certain kind of workout or creating an art project or working on something in the house, and that could be your hobby. It doesn't have to be the honeydew list. Yeah. It, you know, it can be something that you really do, kind of get feel alive from, yeah, get energized if, from. Yeah, that's that's a good point because sometimes. Uh, that doing somebody else's idea of that yes. is yes you got it when you're married you, you gotta and you have kids you kind of go towards their activities and sure you, you participate but you still need your yeah. own self-care like so you would say right absolutely just having something for you you know my husband has a a game that he hasn't been able to play a lot because you know the whole social distancing thing but it's a game of imagination and creating stories <laughs> and storytelling and things like that and that would be his hobby you yeah. know and so um and whittling. <laughs> yeah, and whittling. He makes, yeah, he makes all of our Harry Potter wines. Yeah, and we are a really house of wizards, man. Um, and so he, he enjoys that kind of thing. And so getting out to the garage, having his own thing, um, he's able to just kind of lay whatever worries and stress um, that have been circling his mind all day, lay them down and focus on something. Um, even if it's focusing on not cutting your finger off that day, <laughs> it's at least focusing on something else. Yeah, so right now, for a lot of people, those very things have been taken away. Yes, yeah. Like for me, golf is actually still open. I just don't have time to play. So in my own life, that's actually one of my great loves has been, I'm not going to say taken away, but the opportunity to do it more as much as I would like is, is gone. So I had to find other things. Sure. It's like, so, uh, but right now, a lot of people are, their normal stress relievers are not there anymore. Going out to a happy hour, going to a mixer, going to different places. uh, It's like, okay, so now what do you do? I have to find something productive. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Or Um, dangerous. (laughs) That's the problem. And that is, you know, there's there's a bit of a caveat there. You know, we want to make sure that we're paying attention to maybe our tendency to slide into unhealthy coping methods. Um, You know, for some of us, it might be returning to an old addiction. Yeah. You know, and so you want to be really mindful of that and, and reach out because even though we are isolated because of our means of communication and connectivity, like you can reach out for accountability um, from somebody you know or even from a professional that you don't know. And so I would I would encourage that too. Um, but you mentioned you don't get to play golf as much because mm-hmm. you, you like yeah, golf. Yeah, I used, so I used to watch not... it, and then now I can't watch it. <laughs> right. And so so what would you say you've replaced or done differently? Um, so the podcasting is one. Okay. This is a huge yeah. stress relief for me. Uh, it's fun. A um, little bit of photography with, with the girl, the kids and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, certain TV shows. Uh, okay. Shows that make you think, ah, like yeah. uh, you know, Stranger Things and Dark and those type of things. Uh, Comedy is my, my my big one though. Okay, like sure. listening to those comedians is just laughter has always been something that's a big part of me. Okay. 
Okay. So those are things uh, not always that productive, <laughs> but, but, it's, but that's uh, the thing. Like a hobby doesn't have to be productive. Yeah, it's just fun. Like yeah. so, I always kind of think if the house is empty, what am I doing? Cleaning. Going to clean sure. and listen to comedy at the same time. So yeah, uh, it makes me. Happy. And after you do something like that, how do you feel? Oh, good, relaxed. Like yeah. I love vacuuming. <laughs> See, <laughs> so, yeah, so it's it's kind of just yeah, <laughs> carpets clean. It's therapeutic. It's and you can listen to your comedy while you're vacuuming if yeah. you've got your earbuds in or something like that. Running, so, yeah. okay, good. So that's an excellent example of even if golf has been, even though that hasn't really been taken away, for you it has because you have obligations elsewhere, yeah. right? And so you've chosen to implement other things to help you relax, help you laugh, help you feel good. Yeah, when I don't get those things, um, it's uh, feel stress. So it's mm -hmm. like, okay, so like, I think as a spouse too, you got to kind of notice when yeah. your your other half doesn't have those outlets. Yeah. Because I think that's where social media has become the outlet for so many people. Yeah. Uh, I saw somebody post the other day on, when I was on social media. They were hitting forty hours for the week, and it was like Thursday. And I was like, oh, dude. And I look yeah. at mine. I, I monitor that every now. And then. I'll hit a couple hours a day, but it's usually stoplights and and just waiting <laughs> in lines or wherever. Uh, right. And it's like okay, but I, I don't. I can't remember the last time I sat there for like more than 20, 30 minutes of sitting. Right. It's kind of boring. Just but aimlessly scrolling or something like that. But I think, yeah, more of us do that than we realize. Yeah. Absolutely. Searching for that little thing. And, and once again, unknowingly, we're kind of giving ourselves different anxious thoughts by doing yeah, yeah. that. You yeah, know? that's good. So uh, one of the things I wanted to hit was, was isolation. Yeah. Um, because so many people, I, I couldn't imagine being single right now or, I know. or elderly. I said that to Oakley last night. I was like, you know, even though I feel crazy half the time, I am very thankful I am in the stage of life that I am. You know, and, and not, not everybody's at my stage of life, and maybe they're having a blast of it too. But, um, but yeah, it can get very lonely, like physically isolating, uh, especially yeah. those that are in places that are shut off. Like, yeah, um, where it's really strict. Retirement communities or oh, yeah. rehab point. facilities, things like that. It's like there are physical barriers to human contact. Yeah, and it's, I mean, we're not designed for that. We're designed uh -huh. to be in community. Yeah. Uh, on purpose and mission. <laughs> no, yes, that's that is our church mission that's statement. That's our church mission statement. <laughs> Growing in Jesus, <laughs> in community, and on mission. Um, so, but, I mean, I guess it's where, like, so people that are isolated, that's where faith comes in. Yeah. Um, and, and those different uh, components like that, too. Yes. As to having that, you're alone, but not alone. Right. And I know that's an eye-rolling statement in oh, a lot I, of ways. I struggle with that. I still, yeah. I, I know Jesus is there. I can pray and talk to him, but it's like, okay, so now what I do with the other 23 hours and 45 minutes? Right. And, you know, TV or? Right. Well, Oak would, uh, it's weird, like when Oak left for two weeks, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm a, this is interesting. Like, what do I do with myself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff around the house, a lot of stuff at work. And, Right. Yeah, so, if, but to have to be stuck at the house, this is so different. So, yeah. um, what what are some suggestions? Or, I mean, I guess as a th as ther therapist, mm -hmm. you guys are like facing stuff that's never been faced before either. It's like, how do you? True. Yeah. Yeah. It's like okay, solitary confinement in prison is one thing, but <laughs> or 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 because I guess you have the methodologies to deal with somebody who's. 
purposefully isolating, mm. but forcibly isolation is right. a different thing. It's not by choice. So. Sure. Yeah, it can definitely exasperate a situation like depression um, where, you know, a symptom of depression is isolation, social isolation, right? And Mm -hmm. so there's that withdrawal already built into maybe that disorder, but now what they're being told to do it. And so absolutely, I think that can be... um, that that can be a huge risk right now. It's what I've said the whole time is that I feel like our uh, treatment of this virus could potentially be worse than yeah than um, I don't know the uh, the cure the the solution yeah, the whatever worse it than is disease. Yeah. yeah sometimes you know and so all that to say I mean I, it goes back to when I recommended structure um, earlier um, in the previous episode um, I think structure is important having a purpose to your day. Um, being able to to list, you know, you said make a list, right? Make a list of what you would like to, to do. One mm-hmm. of the ways I word that is, let's say, let's fast forward two months from now. What would you like to say that you were able to have accomplished? And I'm not just talking about work. So I'm talking about, you know, maybe in personal growth or yeah. your spiritual um, growth or even familial connectivity. You know, again, we have all these uh, means of technology to connect. And so even if we don't live with family, if you're single and living by yourself and you feel not only the physical loneliness, but the emotional loneliness, um, what are some things that you can do to expand on that, to be able to promote it? Yeah, I've noticed like people I call just through normal sales stuff and the business are talking longer Mm -hmm. than they used to. Ah, that's a good observation. They're, they're, they're like, they want the conversation. <laughs> like, there's another human I yeah. can talk to. <laughs> I, love, uh, love, I love all the creativity I am seeing on, like, YouTube and Facebook yeah. with all the guys making songs and videos. It's like, okay. Uh, but, the, yeah. like, there's one... Um, it was he's like acting the part of an introvert and an extrovert uh-huh. and like the ups guy comes to the door and he's like hey how's it going what are you doing the guy's like i'm working he's like hey you want a beer like, <laughs> i'm good i'm an introvert it's fine <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yes but that's that extrovert being like i recognize a need like i yeah. see you right i yeah. see you you're home by yourself can i help you yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like i just want people yes yeah and, uh, it's it's a str- it's a strange thing, <laughs> right? It is, and and it can feel hopeless and despairing. Mm. You know, loneliness was a word that we had discussed, and um, so hopeless is an interesting interesting word. Um, I th- I think that can come up a lot when people are in situations where they think things aren't going to ever change. Yeah, and do you find that when people are hopeless, they tend to give up trying? A lot of times, yeah. I, I do. Um, it, that's the risk. That's why even like just, you know, as a professional, I, I assess for that. I assess mm-hmm. for feelings of hopelessness because I want to know where that person stands as far as are they are they giving up? Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of risk, you know, that follow that way of thinking. Um, but also a therapeutic technique is to instill hope, you know, to be able... Essentially, if you ask a, a certain amount of questions, that person will come to realize, okay, likely it's not going to be this way forever. You know? Right. Yeah, and, that's, and, that's, that's the hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the hope. Yeah, I, and you used um, a great phrase earlier, like I think there'll be a new normal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, yes, there's a real possibility that things won't go back to the way it used to be. 
but there'll be a new normal and we are adaptable beings we can adjust to a new normal and so but what you're telling somebody essentially is saying okay it's not always going to be like this yeah it's right now it sucks yeah it's not something we chose we have a lot of limitations and likely it won't be this way forever yeah that's that's an important thing because i've seen people um go through relationships and get divorces because they yeah. lack hope that things are ever going to get better right. or change. And I heard once somebody once say, if you don't like your spouse, just wait a couple of years, she'll be somebody new. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. people are constantly changing and evolving. But and situations yeah. are changing and evolving. So it's like, but yeah, I think when people yeah. lose hope in the work situation or lose hope uh, in, the, in a marriage or with mm-hmm. whatever relationship they're in, they give up. And the moment somebody stops trying, it, it starts dying. Right. And that's uh, it's a it's a sucky thing to watch yeah. friends go through that. Or... It absolutely can be um, can be really hard, and and also there's to a degree an acceptance of you can't control another person. Just like in mm-hmm. this COVID situation, we can't control what the next executive order is. That that is a really really good point because a lot of people are like it seems to seem it seems like they're spending all their time trying to figure out oh this is if I was in their shoes this is what I would do. Like no, maybe you would. Yeah. You think you would. You don't have the information yeah. that they have that we're not privy to, and so don't yeah. spend your time trying to control that. Exactly. Or trying to have anger about it. So. Right. Absolutely. And and I think as as soon as we can recognize what we can control in it, the better off we are. It's like the alcoholic's prayer. What's the prayer? Oh, the um, yes, the serenity prayer, serenity prayer accepting yeah. the things I cannot change, changing the things I can, yeah. and wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, and it's really it's really a powerful thing to yeah. to do that. I mean, I guess that's uh, like I, I hope I'd never have to face this as a parent, but the prodigal son thing, right? Is yeah. parent, I've seen parents try so lose their own identity trying to change a child yeah. who's in their twenties or thirties who's not ready to change yet. Yeah. And that parent wastes their decades yeah. stressing on that. And it's like, I get the pain of that, but I, I uh, it's, it's so, so hard. sad to see. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really sad to see. And, and there's a lot of surrender, I think, that needs to happen in situations like that. Just letting go, surrendering that element that you can't control. Yeah, that's a word that always has like a... Not a, ne- I guess a negative connotation. It almost uh, feels like a weakness. It kind of does have a negative connotation because it's like, oh, we surrender this battle. Like that means you won the battle. <laughs> You're giving the victory over, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, in a spiritual sense, though, it's it actually is what gives you the victory. <laughs> yeah. So surrendering the, I, I think it's almost surrendering the illusion of control. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you never had control in the first place, yeah. right? <laughs> so in that sense, it is an illusion. And so if you just kind of give that up and recognize, oh, okay, this these are the reins I'm holding. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with these reins? Huh, interesting. Yeah, I never looked at like the, the rein thing. It's, yeah. it's the horse reins, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah, the horse reins. You can like... steer it the, you know, in one direction or another. And I, I believe that we are given reins in certain things. We're given a circle of influence. We are given, you know, a purpose and a position. What is that? You know, versus that comparing thing where we were comparing or trying to be an expert in somebody else's field. No, <laughs> right. So, yeah. Telling someone else how to do their job. Yeah. So, like, 
kind of made me think of something that uh, we talked about in the previous uh, talk is that when you get to a certain level of thinking or you've made the change in your life and the people around you haven't yet, mm. you almost want to control them or yeah. shame them. Like, why aren't you, I'm doing this. How come you're not coming along for the ride versus supporting right. them up to it? Exactly. I think that it, that requires a high level of empathy. Um, meeting people where they are. And so I'm glad you brought that up because yes, uh, all of us are, are kind of on different walks of life and maybe some of us are further along down the path in certain areas of life than others. And it's really important not to shame them into getting to where you are, but to say, okay, wait, I'm going to come back to you and show you the route that I took. Right. Yeah. And what worked for me, and it could work for you. You know. Yeah, and one of the things I told you earlier is like I've heard people say they're lonely in their own house or lonely in their own, yeah. their own relationships, and it's like maybe it is because they're on two separate paths, and you've, you haven't come back to meet your spouse or you haven't come back to. Yeah, that's a good point. That, yeah. That's a great illustration. Yeah, because yeah. you can kind of, and everyone has. To, I think it's weird when they have different escapes. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, and, and then they feel, because they have different escapes, that, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Or the other person's wrong because they're not doing it my way, right? Um, and so, yeah, all of that in and of itself would make you feel lonely. And so those of you maybe sitting at home, like, with your family, but feeling lonely in that, uh, I, I think that's a great thing to evaluate. Oh, well, maybe it's not that I'm lonely in the sense that I'm the odd duck. Yeah. It's just you handle or cope in different ways, and that's okay. Yeah, and, and if, because uh, that, that kind of made me think about all this is all the families that are spending time together, uh, that are spending time together right now, they're, they're beginning to see different, like, there is, beginning to see parts of their spouse or their kids or their adult kids or teenage yeah. kids that they don't typically get to see. <laughs> and it's like, oh, like, and and maybe part of it is you need to be a little lonely. You need, you need to go like get some alone time. Cause my kids, they, they don't yeah. get their natural break from each other. Right. Like at night they get the, the after school, after playtime, they usually get that five to seven, uh-huh. they get that two or three hours apart from each other. Now they're constantly together. Sure. And, yes. and you're feeling it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. In fact, my oldest son the other day verbalized that. He said, you know, it's weird. Like, even though we don't have school, I'm getting a lot less me time. And I was like, yeah. And, and I kind of pointed even um, instances out in his school day where he does get me time, yeah. whereas he didn't, he didn't think he did. I was like, well, what about during lunch? Do you actually talk to your friends or do you just sit there and read a book? He goes, oh, well, now that you mention it, I sit there and read a book. And I was like, well, see, that's me time that you're missing. Yeah, just a five minutes walk into class to go into the bus. Right, yeah. riding the bus, waiting at the bus stop by yourself or whatever, you know. Because they're constantly, I think right now, I know my girls are trying to fill the time mm-hmm. that usually passes through routine. Yeah. And they're like, why do I fill this time? What do I do with this time? What do I right. And my dog's like, why are you here? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be outside. Yes. I'm She's missing like, my... I'm confused. What's happening? <laughs> yes. Is it absolutely. Saturday every day? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, so, yeah, keep in mind that just because um, maybe you're coping in a different way, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. um, and you might feel lonely. Um, 
but also but take that loneliness and think about it as well we're coping in different ways we're just a little bit different but it doesn't mean that I'm not cared about yeah that's good you know because even if they're having a hard time showing it <laughs> the people around you um, you know care about you yeah especially like in households where conversation about emotions isn't a thing yeah which is a lot more households than I guess that I ever thought there was that where they don't talk feelings where they don't mm-hmm. uh, you know I've talked to people like are you guys oh so you guys do you guys actually talk when you're on? no yeah you know it's like we're there but we're there but we don't really have permission to talk about feelings yeah yeah, yeah. or it's like oh, I'll get to that later <clears throat> it's like uh, okay because one of the other thoughts I had too is like there may also be guilt from some people because now that families are forced together in ways they've never had mm-hmm. is, oh, now we're having forced quality time, but it doesn't feel quality. <laughs> right, right. Again, that isolation uh, shaming thing of, oh, look at our family. We're playing board games every day. We're doing hopscotch and yes. all these different things. And I'm like, I'm just trying not to kill them. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm just trying not to be like so overstimulated. I lose my mind, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So there's that added pressure. Once again, you know, you might be seeing somebody else you know, spending awesome quality time together. And while you likely have those good moments, there are other moments that are just not as great. You know, yeah. you and they're not like, posting those. Right, exactly. <laughs> I always like to think of um, something like social media or anybody's storytelling, right, as a people. You, you yeah. get the people glance into that person's life. Yeah. You don't yeah. see the perimeter. And so, um, yeah, you don't see the, the like you uh, say, like you, you see the steak and potatoes on the plate, but you don't see the cow slaughtered. Yes, <laughs> exactly, so right. You're yeah. not like, uh, you don't see the guts that entrails in the kitchen. Right, all the nasty stuff that went into getting that Yeah, that, that perfect plate. photo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the family showing up for a church all happy and smiling, but oh, it was, yeah. you know, hell to get them out the door. Yeah, I love it. So. It's like, just, huh. okay, so real quick. Uh, so being a pastor's wife, yeah. kind of alluded to that a little earlier about having we have expectations of each other in life mm-hmm. and we try to put those on other people is being a pastor's wife like just an extra level of increased pressure from the congregation from people that once they find out you're a pastor's wife do they kind of treat you differently or a, a lot of times yeah you know even Matt will play off not play off but he doesn't start with hey, I'm pastor, (laughs) Um, because he notices that, you know, people look at you differently or treat you differently, or they, um, you know, manage their language around you a little bit differently. Um, And so, you know, I've been, we've been blessed with our our particular church body. Um, I feel like it's been, it was one that we were able to almost befriend first before becoming their pastors. And so that was, probably the the best transition that could have ever happened as as young pastors um for us but but yes i mean i would say yeah to a degree the pressure does increase and to a degree it's lonely yeah is is it when you say lonely is it because other people don't necessarily understand the stress Yes, that I mean that's part of it, absolutely. But then there's also the the confidential part too oh, that yeah. you don't you can't just um, be fully forthcoming with everything that is stressing you out at that mm-hmm. moment. And so, um, so you know, and then of course the holding yourself to that higher standard of dealing with that stress too. Like if people are watching, 
you know, if people are watching how you handle a hard situation, there's oh, yeah, extra they want pressure that, there. They want that expectation of, oh, they're perfect, because if they're my leader, they must be perfect. And right. That's, so this is kind of one of the reasons I always tell people, or not to always tell people, but just think about, we don't go to your church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, right. It's because I don't want Matt to be my pastor. I, he's right. a great pastor. Right. But he needs pastor, a friend. But I want him yeah. to be Matt to me, and I want yeah. you to be Sarah, not pastor's wife. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, and so it, it's and nice. Have, yeah. I want to be able to have that spiritual conversation with him and also talk about whiskey and also talk about right. <laughs> all yeah. these different not things. Not have to like hide some of the yeah. things that might be frowned upon or something. And not that you're trying to live double lives or anything no, like that. I'm not suggesting that. But but yeah, there is. There's just a different um, kind of playing field sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been good. And it's good for Matt to be able to have friends outside mm-hmm. our particular church body just to be that relaxed with and comfortable. Yeah, it's like in, in my own office, I can't go to my, the guy, I'm the broker. Mm-hmm. I can't go to my agents with the stresses of being a broker. Yeah. Because I've done that before and it doesn't go well. It's okay. like, it's like, oh, he's just complaining. He makes all the money. No, actually, I spend all the money. Uh, sometimes I make the money, but. And trying to keep us yeah, afloat, but right? I'm not gonna, you know, so yeah. sometimes I have to be real with them, but I can't go to the stress. Yeah. It's like, I got other agents across the country I can go talk to. And sure. go to these events, and it's like they understand. Because mm-hmm. uh, even th- one thing about being a business owner, if your spouse isn't in the business with you, they don't understand. Yeah. And that's that's always a tough thing too. So it's like you got to have those people to bounce off, and mm-hmm. and then of course I don't understand what it's like to be a spouse of a business owner. <laughs> right, right. It's like okay, so it's like everybody kind of needs their own support system. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, like pastors' wives included. It, in that same way, the pastor himself may not fully understand what the pastor's wife goes through or needs or how she processes things. And it's not because he's not being a present and compassionate husband, but it's like, well, that role yeah. brings on its own. Yeah, I mean, you're like the first lady of your church, and it's like, right. uh, and women can sometimes be a little bit more critical of each other than men can. They can be, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely can be. And, you know, again, I, I want to reiterate, I mean, I'm blessed with um, just the body that we have. Like, we, we yeah, have a shirt that says, Our Tribe Loves. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, we're, we try our best at just loving well. Yeah, I, I, one thing I've noticed about you guys is when we do go to your church or, or hang around, we hang out with a lot of people from your church, yeah. is I don't ever like get that sense of they they don't it's not like a pedestal right yeah I think Matt and you are so humble that the, no one right. feels like they have to treat you like you're at a higher level and that's been that's kind of cool to yeah, see I appreciate that observation yeah we go to a big church and we got a really humble pastor and but he's we have 15,000 people right so he's even if he wants to be down to literally. earth I don't even know if he feels like he can be yeah because he's different if you get him one-on-one than if he's around 100 like 50 mm-hmm. people because he has to act like a character I, I was we were talking to somebody else the other day about actors and actresses who at some point can never be themselves anymore because you expect them to be their character. Mm, that's tough. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh. And, and, and so it's like just the freedom to be yourself with people is right. a very important thing. Yeah. I mean, and authenticity is huge to me. If, if I had to, if most places I went, I had to be someone I wasn't, I, I would not do well with that. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I, I think 
that's that's how I strive to be, whether it's in the therapist role or in the pastor's wife role. I, I want to be authentic for sure. Yeah, that's that's an important, important thing because it's um, it's stressful to be. Yeah. I, I hate. <laughs> OK, I. I hate when people say, "Oh, they're oh, you're such a strong Christian man." I'm like, "Says who?" <laughs> I was like, yeah, what I was like hey, are you hey, going?" I was like, "Okay." I was like, "I appreciate you thinking that," and I, I you know, I, I try to live, you know, live up to that. But it's like, yeah, don't don't put that label on me, right? And I was like, I have Jesus because I'm not perfect, not because I am right. perfect. And it's yeah. like if you if you try to put some stuff on me, uh, then you know, I'm don't please. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. That wrecking you like everybody else needs to. You recognize your need for salvation. Yeah. You know, and you chose that relationship with Jesus, and then you are walking that path. And yes, absolutely, he's going to put people in your path to mentor, to disciple, things like that, where your example is going to be important. Yeah, because the the people, in my, I guess one reason I'm a little bit more open to say like, hey, don't put me on the pedestals. I, I don't want the pressure. Yeah. Uh, and B, it's like the realest people I've met in the faith world and Christianity and business are the ones who are willing to expose their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I don't want all the trash. I mean, I don't want the dirt and I'm sure. not going to give anybody, you know, my, you know, more than they need to know. But yeah. it's like, hey, yeah, I, should, oh, I struggle with this. Yeah, I've struggled with that. Right. Right. I still struggle, you know, with this and, and, you know, whether it's money or whatever it is, it's like, yeah. If I if that person you're talking to can't be real about that, they're it, not going to teach you much. Right. Exactly. You have to be relatable. Yeah. And so by being able to admit to some things like, oh yeah, I've struggled with that before, or I do struggle with it now, you have become relatable and you've become, I guess, more human to them. Yeah. Because as a therapist, it's like uh, you can't yes, you can't yeah, quite get there because you have some professional lines, but absolutely. you can talk about this is. Other mm-hmm. people struggle with this or in yeah. general terms, right? And really, like, I, you know, going through school, one of the techniques in counseling is self-disclosure. But there's a huge caveat of when appropriate. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if a therapist is sitting there just talking about themselves the whole time or whatnot, that's that's not what we're talking about. What we're mm-hmm. talking about is like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I, I hear what you're saying and I experience something similar. And you, it might be appropriate to self-disclose in that moment for the help of that particular person sitting in front of you. Um, yeah, but yeah, absolutely, there's boundaries. <laughs> so, but in the pastoral, well, in pastoral world too, right? So, and and so yeah, pastoral world, it can be the same. But again, if you can, if you can show that you're broken too, and you're not this person on a pedestal, you become more relatable. Yeah, uh, Brian Buffini is one of my great mentors. Buffini and Company Coaching is the real estate company. Mm-hmm. we employ as our coach and one of the reasons I've stuck with them for almost 13 years is from stage Brian's like a very well put together one of the most mm-hmm. put together most balanced people I've ever met in my entire life had yeah. the chance to spend some time with him uh, but the reason I stuck with him is there was times he's like he on stage would be like when appropriate he would share struggles sure he was going through this and then at some of their bigger like the events with less people Mm-hmm. Ties off, sleeves rolled up. He's like, "Listen, here's what's really going on," and he gets wow. deeper into his own right. struggles. And it's like, "Oh, dude, you're not perfect." Okay, right. and it gives us permission not to be perfect. Exactly. And that's that's a good thing from a pastor or from a counselor to say, "I'm not perfect." Sure. Yeah, we're we're not perfect, but we are striving to be more like Christ. You know, yeah. and I think that's the key. It's like. Yes, pull those people in that are close to you and be able to share some of those struggles and then strive strive to be more like Christ. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do, but yeah. 
That's why we have forgiveness. Absolutely. So And so that's, I guess, the ultimate answer to isolation is you are not alone. Yes. And, and that's the thing, you know, addressing isolation and loneliness. I, I have to come at it from a spiritual perspective yeah. because I can't change the fact that maybe somebody doesn't have friends or I can't change the fact that during this pandemic, you live alone and it is strictly being enforced in your county. You know, that you have to stay and you can only go to the grocery store at certain times or whatnot. You know, I can't change the physical reality, maybe, of loneliness for anybody, mm-hmm. but the mindset. Yeah. So what just triggered a thought of, so some people just accept the loneliness without ever attempting to make a change in it. Right. Because then it, well, it, and if they look at it a different way, that I'm not alone, that, oh, okay, I do have a savior that cares about me. <laughs> You know, I do have a, a creator. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when we're like um, saying self-defeating thoughts to ourselves or whatnot, if somebody's in front of me saying, oh, I'm no good, I'm ugly, I'm this and that, I'll stop them and be like, hold up, would you say that to your best friend? Yeah. <laughs> and what what would somebody say, like, or what would your dad say if they said that to you, you know? And so I think about our creator. I think about God, and I think, okay, how do you think he feels about you talking about his son or daughter that, that Yeah, because if somebody said that to your kid, you wouldn't put up with it. Exactly. No. Yeah. I'd be like, do not talk to my son that way, or do not talk to my daughter that way, right? Mm. And so, you know, I put it into a perspective of somebody absolutely loves you and creates you the way he intended and you are not alone because you have been purposely put on this earth and so yeah there's that level of acceptance of yeah i am maybe physically alone but i don't have to be lonely yeah and what i guess getting to that point it's like you accept that then you're like okay then maybe i can take the steps to reach out to people right because you were earlier it's like in this age of technology just because you're home alone physically doesn't mean you need to be disconnected. Right. Now, it's connecting to the right people in the right way. That's going to take some discernment. Yeah, yeah discernment and discipline and yeah. wisdom. And uh, so you you reach out to people who are going to help you get better. Exactly. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, everyone's talking about, oh, half the world can work from home right now. It's like, no, it's not really good because we need yeah. that social togetherness within uh-huh. the workforce and synergy and, and all that stuff that comes mm-hmm. from that. And for some people, that's their only social <laughs> network is to work right. people. Yeah. And so that's what I was like kind of concerned about too, is we, we find that agents that don't come to the office or don't come to meetings who, who isolate themselves when they have opportunity not to, mm-hmm. don't do well. They're, yeah, they're not as productive. Mm-hmm. Or, and so now yeah. it's being like, so it's just kind of funny because everyone's, I will look at it from the real estate perspective of just the, the personalities of real estate and all this, seeing mm-hmm. the world go through like, oh, wow, everyone's working from home now. Yeah. They're not productive. And there's agents within the industry who are lonely because it's everyone's uh, it, everyone has the opportunity to work the way they want to. Mm-hmm. And there's 10% or you know, do 80% of the business. And, yeah. and then so it's just like uh, interesting to see the world kind of go through these different isolations and right. changes that I've seen for years within our own industry. Sure. Yeah. And so it's kind of being magnified even yeah. during this yeah. time. Yeah. Well, yeah. cool. So, well, thanks for uh, coming in. I know you got to get home Absolutely. to the kids. Uh, uh, yes. 
go help out Matt and <laughs> survive the bedtime routine. Yeah, well, so. one, one of the things we've been doing during this time is listening to some live readings um, in the evening. So it's something we look forward to. Oh, now. cool. Yeah, so the girl, like, one of the things that we've done, like, the girls are on YouTube all the time. I always tell them TV, like, if you're going to watch something, watch TV because there's a story, there's an arc, there's things. Sure. It's yeah. a little, it's a little different. Yeah. It, it's, it yeah. Organize your brain. So we started watching certain TV shows together, yeah. and one night we didn't get to do it. And we're like, you took our psych time. Aww. You took, that's our time together. We, yeah. you know, we're hanging out, we're talking about the show, we're laughing together. You're creating we traditions. Yeah. Even and if it's TV, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's something different yeah. that we're all doing together. So that's like, okay. You like, sit I'll in the be same room, you're there, they look forward to it. Yeah, they know what episode's coming next. <laughs> yes, yeah, and they come back and talk to me about it, too. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, so yeah. it's, it's meaningful to them. Yeah, so we get all the inside jokes, too. So. Yes. Awesome. Well, Sarah, I appreciate you coming in yes. uh, during, this, during this time. And uh, Thanks for having me. Hopefully we'll get, to get you back in the future. So everyone out there, if you're alone, again, reach out to people, seek help. Uh, if you need some help from a counselor, there's uh, definitely resources out there for you. So. Absolutely. All right, we'll have a... Uh, a good day. Thank you.